Thank you for downloading the One Church Podsmead podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. To find out more about life at One Church, visit us online at thisisonechurch.com. Are you enjoying the series, 50 Day Gap? Who's been here the last couple of weeks? Yeah, most of you. Good. I love how I've never realized the significance of this 50 day gap so this whole 50 day gap is from when Jesus died on the cross when he was crucified died for our sins how amazing to um the Pentecost the day of Pentecost which uh, celebrates as being given the Holy Spirit where um all the believers were given the Holy Spirit to do life with to guide us so we're not doing this thing called life on our own because that would be pretty bad and James first week introduced us to the Holy Spirit which was great and um last week Lisa looked at the fact that this season of um the 50 day gap is an expectation season this is your expectation season and I love the significance of it and it's like this time this 50-day gap is where you can wait in anticipation for some good things to come you can wait in anticipation so this time so Jesus died but on the third day he rose so that was a bit of anticipation waiting for that and then Jesus ascended so there was that as well that they were anticipating and then we were given the Holy Spirit so so much it wasn't just one thing there was lots of things that people were waiting in anticipation for so did you know that you can be expectant you have permission to be expectant and we can live in a season of expectancy why do you have permission for me it's because of what the cross did the significance of the cross um because of the cross it means that we are free it means that we are forgiven it means that we can stand righteous and blameless and holy and like every time I think about that it blows me away like my Jesus looks at me as holy wow that just blows me away every time, but it's true, he does. He looks at you as righteous people, as holy people, as blameless. And because of that, we have the opportunity to have access to all the promises of God. In here, there are so many promises of God, and because of what he did for us, we have access to these promises. So... I encourage you to be expectant. Have have some things that you want your God to do for you in this period of time. It's a time for you. As a church, we're believing that we are going to see some good stuff. We're going to see God move. And it starts with you and your personal life. And then you can share. And we're like, yeah, God is doing something. So be expectant. I've been um, reminded to be expectant and I'm still thinking like, God, what is it? What is it I want? But I don't just, I'm not just going to be expectant for one thing. I'm going to expect to see answers along the way. Um, so be expectant, church. If, you, if you're not already, 
start thinking about it. It says in the Bible, in Psalm 27:13, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Yeah. Expect to see goodness in your life. Expect to see God doing some good things because we are promised it. So be confident in it. Yeah. Be expectant. So my message today is all about how will you respond to your expectation season? This is expectation season. You have got an expectation season. So how will you respond to it? Now, so from today and the weeks following, we're going to learn from some of the people in the Bible. Um, I love that this Bible is full of stories that we can learn from. I put in here for a reason. Um, so are you okay if we, we read a story from here and learn from what it is um, they have got to say? So first, if you've got your Bible, turn to Luke 24. And I'm going to read what you heard last week. Um, because it sets us up for the following, what the story we're going to look at today. So it will sound familiar, but I'm going to read it. So it says this. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. Remember, they couldn't go on the Sabbath. They had to go in as soon as they could on the Sunday morning. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. Amazing, hey? Can you imagine that? <coughs> Can you imagine? In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? I don't get it. How did they forget that? How did they forget it? The Son of Man must be delivered over the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. It's funny how we need reminders sometimes, don't we? When they came back from the tomb, they told all these words, my Lord, to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them, and told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed like nonsense. They didn't believe them. Didn't believe them. So, But Peter, however, got up, ran to the tomb, Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. So that's the story you looked at last week, right? Yeah? So this story sets us up into the story we're going to look at today. So this, the story we're going to look at is about how a guy called Cleopas and his friend, I don't, we don't know his name, but he's just as important. Cleopas and his friend were on the road to Emmaus. And whilst they were walking to Emmaus, they encountered Jesus. Wow. That's cool, isn't it? Jesus had risen and they got to encounter him. So verse 13, I'm going to carry on reading. Stay with me. Listen in, because as I speak, we're going to pick out a whole bunch of stuff from this story. 
Okay, so now that same day, so that same day they had just been with Mary and heard, heard what they had said. Two of them were going to the village of Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And they talked and discussed these things with each other. Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? Can you imagine Jesus just coming in and being with you? It's cool, isn't it? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? It was a big deal. Everyone, everyone knew what had happened. So they were like, why don't you know? And Jesus plays along. What things, he asks. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and in deed, before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. <coughs> In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our com companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning him, himself. Wow, I love that bit. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So... I've not got it on there. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Listen to this. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning with us whilst he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. So everyone else was getting it. They were getting that Jesus was alive. And then the two told what had happened on the way and how... Um, and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke the bread. Okay, so that is a story. Sorry, you had to listen a lot then. But that is a story about Cleopas and his friend on his way to Emmaus. And they encountered Jesus. 
That's beautiful, isn't it? It was on the third day, the day he had risen. So we are going to learn two things from this story. And it's two things that I've experienced as well. So what we're going to do is we're going to flip from learning from the the story, but also I'm going to share with you how I've learned, I've done similar things to what I've learned from this story. Is that all right? So we're going to go in between two two different stories, I guess. Um, but I've got two points for you. So really easy uh, message to take away and to apply. And my first point is start the conversation. Start the conversation. It's so important. Like I love how Jesus entered into their conversation. And I, it reminds me that Jesus is a relational God. And he wants to be in conversation with us. And he, he wants to talk to us. He doesn't just want to be talked at. He wants to have a conversation with us. So what's point number one? Start, start the Amazing. Start the conversation. So a few years back, I was definitely in an expectation season. And I don't know about you, often an expectation season comes from um, wanting, wanting something to change or wanting to see something that you lack because you're expectant for something, either something to like get better or to look different to what it does or to have something that you haven't got. Does that make sense? Yeah. <coughs> so I was in an expectation a few years back, quite a significant one, and it all came from me feeling sad and disappointed and doubtful. But that very quickly transitioned into expectation. So I felt like that, but I transitioned into an expectation season very quickly. Why? One, because I knew I couldn't stay in that place of disappointment and sadness because it wasn't good for me. And I'd be like going on a downward spiral. I'm very grateful that I was very aware that I couldn't stay there. I just couldn't. The other reason why... I transitioned was because I knew who my God was. I knew who my God was. I knew that my God was good. I knew that he had better things for me. I knew that he would bring good out of the tough. I knew that he had a future for me, which was secure, and I could stand in hope. So those two things allowed me to transition. But how did I do that? I simply ran to Jesus, and I started the conversation. Yeah, so I started the conversation with Jesus and I, I didn't dwell too much of what had happened, but I, I shared my heart with him. Yeah. I, I shared my heart with Jesus and allowed him to take me on a journey of understanding, understanding why it was happening, what was going on, understanding the, the scriptures and the promises of God. And he took me on this journey and I was in the presence of God a lot because I needed to be. I needed to be in it. I couldn't not. And there's this verse in Psalm 73, 17, and James was reading it just the other day, and I was like, oh, wow, that's such a good verse. And it says this, until I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood. So until I got myself into the presence of God, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have understood until I got into that place. But because I ran to Jesus and I got myself into the presence of God, I started the conversation, I shared my heart, allowed him to speak to me, I was able to understand what was going 
on. And Cleopas and his friend, at the beginning of their conversation bet between one another, they were dwelling on what had happened. They were disappointed. They were so disappointed and they were just talking over and over and it says that their faces were saddened and they were downcast and Jesus describes their conversation in a different version as they were talking intently like intensely they were having a real good conversation but dwelling on what they thought had happened dwelling on their disappointment but the beautiful thing is that Jesus stepped in into the conversation and he was like okay share your heart what's been going on but then he doesn't leave them in the place of dwelling he brings them to a place of understanding and I love how it says that he he showed them the scriptures which so clearly like said what was going on they showed Jesus showed them the scriptures Jesus brought them to understand him. Um, and do you know what? He can do the same for you. He can, and he will. All we need to do is start the conversation, share your heart, spend some time reading the word of God. He will lead you to the right places. He will place scriptures on your mind. He will do all of that. And he will bring you to a place of understanding, just like he did for Cleopas and his friend and the other thing I love about being in conversation with Jesus is that as you stay in conversation and as you read his word your heart aligns with his your heart aligns with his which is so important do you know why because I totally believe that ultimately we are here if we want to be, to be a part of what God is building, to be a part of his, what he's building, the kingdom he's building. God wants to use us. So for me, that just screams, my heart has got to be aligned with his so that he, I can be effective for him, um, so that I'm on the same wavelength as much as I can be with him. Um, so it's just like, I love how being in conversation with him allows us to align our heart and it says in the word in Ephesians 2:10 it says for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do we are created for a purpose and he's got good works for us to do so spend some time with him align your heart and then you'll walk into those things absolutely will and I just think it's such a privilege that if we want to be we get to be a part of that whatever that looks like for you it looks different for everyone but you get to be a part of building his kingdom amazing hey what a privilege so for me it's so important to align my heart and when I was in this season a few years back um I was reminded of this verse, which I'm going to read you now, in Psalm 37.4, it says this, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I love that verse. And a long time ago, before, way before this season, God like opened my eyes to what this verse means. And I love that we, he gives us the desires of our heart, like he does. But the beginning of that verse says, take delight in the Lord. 
take delight in the Lord, and that simply means to enjoy him, to be in his presence. And as you do that, he will then give you the desires of your heart. As you spend time with him, as you align your heart with his heart, our heart desires match God's. And that's what we want, because then we will receive the desires of our heart. And so that scripture for me, when I was going through that season, I was very aware of it, but I was like, no, I'm not sure if my desires match God's yet. I don't know. I'm not confident in it. I don't know if it's just what I think I want or whether it is what God has got planned for my life for a long time. So I was like, okay, God, I'm not going to stand on that promise just yet because I might just get disappointed if I do. So for a long time, I was like, okay, I just set that one aside. Um, and I had a whole bunch of other promises I stood firm on. But I remember real clearly one day, God just opened my eyes, this promise. And he was like, you can have it. Like, that is for you. And it was just, it's amazing how that was something that I was like scared of. But then Jesus was like, no, actually, your heart is aligned with mine. Your desire is my desire. So you can now stand firm in that promise. And um, so from that point, I was like, wow, you've opened my eyes, Jesus. I, I now know that my desire is okay and I can hope in that. And do you know what? God opened our eyes at the most perfect time. So in this story, um, Cleopas and his friends' eyes were opened at the most perfect time so that they could recognise who Jesus was. They had the opportunity to share their heart and then understand and then they eyes were opened and Jesus wants to do the same for you he wants to um, open your eyes to new things so as you're in this expectation season start the conversation spend time with him and as you do he will open your eyes to to things you haven't seen before and he will he will give you something new so and be confident that he will do that expect to see him do that you know the word of god is alive and it's fresh and it's it's always fresh you can always get something new out of it so expect that expect that so start the conversation share your heart allow god to take you on a journey of understanding and then you can come to this place of hope and then expect your eyes to be opened Expect them to be opened. Expect to see God in a new light. Expect to see um, a glimpse of his glory. Expect to understand a scripture in a new way. Because he wants to go on a journey. This season of expectation isn't just, I'm going to expect and then receive. It's, there's way more to it than that. There's so much more to it. You, you can go on a journey of growing in your faith, of getting to know God better, which is the best thing. It really is the best thing. So don't just expect and receive, but get more out of it than that. Because he's got so much for you. Like, he really does. So, point number two is confess who Jesus is. Confess who Jesus is. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death. 
The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue has the power of life and death. What we say is powerful, and either for good reasons or bad reasons, the tongue is powerful. So when we confess who Jesus is, that is powerful. That is so powerful. And so for me, conversation with Jesus should lead to confession. I believe that when I'm in conversation with Jesus, it leads to confession of who he is um, and maybe who I am in him and that Jesus will take us on a journey of understanding that. And if it hasn't led to confession, I don't think you're quite done yet. I think your conversation's been cut short. It's so easy to cut short conversations. I was literally with a friend the other day and we were chatting about something quite important and then we got into Starbucks and we was like, oh, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? And our conversation was cut short and then I realised later, I was like, what was the end of that story? What was the end? And do you know what? It's the same with Jesus. Don't let your conversation be cut short because the end of the story was really important. And Jesus wants to lead you to a place of confession of who Jesus is, where you speak with your mouth who he is. So in the story that we're looking at today, Cleopas and his friend at the beginning were unable to confess who Jesus was, unable to recognise who he was. And do you know why? I did a bit of research and it was because um, they were so caught up in their culture. So the Jewish culture, they were expecting a Messiah and they were like, oh, maybe it is Jesus. But they were really expecting someone of like military status or political status. They weren't expecting Jesus. And then when Jesus died, they were like, hey, I thought you was meant to redeem Israel. Yeah, that's right, I think. <laughs> but, and they were like, oh, okay, so may maybe it's not you. Maybe we are waiting for someone of military status or political status. And they, they were so caught up, caught up in their Jewish culture that they were unable to see the truth of what was going on. They missed it. They absolutely missed. And they couldn't recognise their Messiah at work. They couldn't recognise it. Their hearts were not operating. It was literally head knowledge, literally facts when they were talking about it with one another it was just factual stuff oh this has happened and this has happened and we were expecting this and their hearts were not connected it was all head knowledge but you know what I love after Cleopas and his friend were in conversation with Jesus what did they do they were like oh, we have to get back as soon as they could they went back and they were like hey we saw Jesus he's alive we recognised him because he was breaking bread and they had to get back to confess who that they had seen Jesus. Their conversation led to confession. Confession is powerful. It's so powerful. So do choose to transition from sharing your heart to declaring who God is, but also declaring who you are in God. When I was in this season a, a long time, a little while ago, um, I, very, I knew that I, that I could be knocked, like my identity could be knocked. I knew that that was, that was an option, but I didn't allow it. I've been someone who, I don't really struggle I, with my identity. I, 
I recognise what God says about me in here and I'm okay with that. I can accept it, which I'm very grateful for that I, I can do that. Um, but I knew that this circumstance could knock my identity and it crept in. But I was like, no, no, I am not having this. I am not having this. And um, God reminded me who I was and he gave me a, a scripture that I hadn't really seen before. I hadn't really thought, oh yeah, that's me. But he gave me something to hold on to of who I was. So expect in this expectation season to learn who you are and declare with your mouth who you are. So this is a word that I was given and it's in Proverbs 31. And it is, she is clothed with strength and dignity and she lasts without fear of the future. It was literally just what I needed. And it got me through. I confessed it and I believed it. So allow him to show you who you are and confess. Because when you confess, you start to believe. Maybe you don't believe it when you start confessing, but just go for it. And he will take you a place of knowing, like actually knowing that it's true. He says so much about you in here. So much. And he wants you to stand firm on who you are. So Jesus takes us on a journey of understanding who we are and who he is. And I love the verse that says, Be still and know that I am God. Because that just reminds me that God is, there's so much to God. There's so much to him. So many different characteristics. Like, he is so many different things. Be still and know that I am God. Who do you need your God to be? Who do you need your God to be? And I love that through circumstances, who God is becomes more meaningful. So through like previous different things I've been going through, different expectation seasons, I can stand here today and say that I know my God is my everlasting Father. And what more could I want? I know that my God is my restorer and the healer of my heart. I know these things. I know. But there's a new one on me that I've always had as head knowledge before, but now it's heart knowledge. And that is that my God is my protector. He protects. He protects. See, me and James, um, just for Christmas, we were burgled and our car was stolen basically only the car key went so i'm like thanking jesus they didn't rummage it was fine they literally came in took the key got out quick took the car crashed it and yeah like we were very aware that like we could let fear slip in and we could become over obsessive about checking the doors and you know and so we've been trying to not get to that point but occasionally I'm like I'd be in bed and I'm scared and I'm like oh like I don't want to go down like I'm a bit fearful to get up and go downstairs and I've been going on a journey of understanding who my God is and that my God's my protector and see all of these 
these are conversations I've had with Jesus and he's taken me on a journey of understanding that he protects me he protects us and it started with a conversation with Jesus and now I can confess that he protects me and it was literally just the other day it like clicked like I have to confess it with my mouth I have to believe it and Jesus said hey why don't you share it why don't you share it so I told my friends about it I posted and I was like hey everyone this is who my God is I was brought from a place of conversation to to knowing who my God was so do here it is I'm going to read it to you because it just shows that I've been on this journey and that actually when you confess it's powerful it says this Jesus was speaking to me in the middle of the night I'd got back from America I was I slept which was good but I woke up at like half four and I was like okay I'm awake I'm awake, stupid jet lag, and I was like fearful to get out of my bed and to go downstairs. I really needed a wee. I was like, oh, our toilet's downstairs. I was like, I can't wake James up. At the beginning, I had to wake James up a couple of times when he took me to the toilet. But I was like, I can't wake him up. Like, this is silly. <laughs> Not quite like that. But I was like, this is silly because I know that my God protects I know he does. He's been talking to me about it this whole time. So he started to, to talk to me. And this is what I'm able to confess now. It's simply this. I love how Jesus takes us on a journey of understanding who he is more and more. I find this is such a beautiful thing about being in relationship with Jesus whilst doing this thing called life. For me this year, the reality that my God protects has become more meaningful than ever before. Before, I've never had to experience my God as my protector, but now I do. Um, He is a God who truly does protect. He orders his angels to stand around us, to protect us in all of our ways. Wow. I've had to remind myself of this truth this year and choose to know who my God is. I've had to choose to believe that perfect love does cast out all fear and know that my God is love in the most perfect form. Wow. This morning I woke feeling feeling fearful to simply get out of bed and walk downstairs just for a moment but then I chose to remind myself that my God protects me always he always has and he always will I am thankful this morning that I can simply choose to stand steadfast on this beautiful promise of protection confess who he is Confess who he is, it's powerful. Confess who you are. And you know what, it will raise your faith. It will raise your expectancy. And you will start to believe it if you didn't before. So choose to do it. So start the conversation. Allow Jesus to take you on a journey. And then confess who he is. Amazing, that's me done.
so good. So good. Can I can I borrow you for two minutes? And Anna, can I borrow you as well? If you go on this side, and Serena, if you come on this side. You see, um, I was just thinking then when, when Anna was talking, and I think a lot of this stuff is it's is quite a, a process to to a lot of it that you've you've got to go through. You can't avoid the process. You've got to go through the process. And and what Anna was talking about. So Anna's now over here on this side, like aware of what God says over her, aware of the promises that God speaks over her, and she can stand here nice and strong. But then when she got a bit scared and a bit fearful, she got knocked back and came almost like a bit of a, a bit of a child again, a bit of a little girl. Like that's what Serena's representing here, yeah. I just had to pick someone smaller than Anna. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have a lot of choice. I didn't have a lot of choice. But she, she got scared and she got, she got knocked back into being afraid. Into needing, needing her father. And there's nothing wrong. Like when, you're, when you're on this side, you still need your dad. You still need your father. But then she got knocked back into, into the little girl that was like, turn over and wake me up. Can you come downstairs with me? It's like, yeah, of course I can. But then we gotta, we got to think about where we are. You know, who does God say you are? Where, where does God want you to be? Where does, you know, in, in this season of expectancy, you know, do you, do you dare to dream that, yes, I can be over here. Yes, I can be an overcomer. I can be strong. I can be everything God wants me to be. Or do you revert back to being over here where you're, you're timid and you're, you're afraid to even believe what God wants you to to do thank you guys because it's so true we can be anywhere along that along that gap and we could probably you know that representation we could put a million people in that line because you could be anywhere for different things but for me one thing for me is that I'm I'm scared of missing out what God's got for me I really am I'm, I'm terrified of missing a, a falling short of the plans that God's got for me I really am and there's this, like, one thing that came true for me today is there's this verse in the Bible that says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And, and this preacher called John Bevere was talking about this. And he almost said, he, he had two people up, so that's all right. And he, he said, this is how I heard it. If you love me, you will keep my commands. He said, that's how, that's how he read it. But the desire of my heart is that I keep God's commands. So how can that be a legalistic law thing? If you love me, you will keep my commands. But God wants to give me the desires of my heart. And what Anna preached this morning, I wrote in my, in my journal, I wrote that Psalm equals John 14. Because the desires of my heart are to, is to please God. It really is. I want to please God more than I want to live in this world. And so that, what that verse says is, when you love me completely, when you love me and when I love you you will be able to keep my commands because I, I can't keep God's commands I keep falling short I keep falling over but when I'm in relationship with God and when I'm loving God and when we're just clicking when everything's so good what that verse means is when you're in that place I promise you you will be able to keep my commands you can do it come on James you can do it you can get to this place and that's what it means
So we're going to worship God for a bit. We're running out of time. But we're going to uh, sing that tag again, the glimpse tag. And, uh, and I would just encourage you all just to pour yourself out to God because he wants to give you the desires of your heart he loves you more than you could ever imagine and uh, today he wants to meet with you so why don't we stand and worship our God